Deuteronomy chapter number 6 this morning, Deuteronomy chapter number 6, and uh, great music this morning as always, and we look forward to uh, the preaching of the Word of God, what the, uh, God has for us through the message this morning, Deuteronomy chapter number 6, and uh, we're going to begin reading in verse number uh, 4 uh, this morning, Deuteronomy chapter number 6, verse number 4. And let's be reminded of all that God has done for us and be reminded of all what is ahead of us. And we look forward to the service tonight. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter number 6, beginning reading of verse number 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. This is not the message this morning, but let me ask the question, how you live in that verse? Uh, love, the, love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Uh, quite a standard uh, for you and I to live up to. <clears throat> Verse number 6, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them dil diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house, and on thy gates. And it shall be, when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good tidings which thou fillest not, and wells to dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, <clears throat> when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, and serve him, and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off of the face of the earth. This morning I want to use this passage of Scripture, and there's going to be many lessons and truths that I want us to grab a hold of this morning. But I want to speak on generational lessons. Generational lessons. On a day like today, we want to acknowledge uh, our mother, someone who uh, is obviously very important in our life and uh, someone who uh, we look to, someone who we depended on, or maybe we still depend on. Uh, but there are many lessons generationally I want us to see from the passage of Scripture this morning. I want us to be reminded before I pray that no matter uh, what season of life you are in, what generation you would be, uh, be in this morning. We all have scriptural responsibilities that we must fulfill. You and I will never get to a place in our life uh, where there is not scripture that we, we, we just don't have to have the Word of God. We don't have a role. We don't have a responsibility. I want us to see that this morning in Deuteronomy chapter number 6, and we'll refer to several passages in the, in the Scripture this morning. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'll uh, help us this morning as we uh, look into the Word of God. I pray that uh, as the message is preached this morning, you'd give me clarity of thought and mind. Uh, may the uh, Spirit of God uh, work in our lives and our hearts this morning. May the uh, truths of Scripture uh, resonate on our hearts today. Uh, may we realize that we have a responsibility in 
relation to the Word of God. May we realize we have a responsibility as it comes to uh, not just our generation, but to other generations. Uh, May we be helped this morning uh, by the preaching of the Word of God. I pray once again that there's someone here uncertain of their eternity. Uh, They're not for certain that they're saved on their way to heaven. Uh, May they get that settled today. And Father, may we determine that uh, we are going to hold to the Word of God. May we determine that uh, we are just going to uh, rejoice in in your goodness. And I pray that you uh, would bless our guests today. May uh, they be helped by being here. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We find here in the book of Deuteronomy, we have been, of course, in Sunday school, we have been in the book of Deuteronomy all year long. And we know that Moses is giving them instruction uh, to go and possess the land. And for them to go and fulfill the, the promise that uh, God has given to them. Uh, we, we, we understand that uh, there are different generations, and I want to take a moment by way of introduction this morning and remind us of different generations that are represented in this book and in the context of the Scripture this morning. Uh, first of all, we have, and what I, believe, I, I remember right is, is chapter number 2, we have who God refers to as the uh, evil generation. This was the generation that God had commanded. This was the generation that God had given instruction to. This was the generation that God had told, you go in and you possess the land, and you go in and you take the land which I have given you, and they refused to take the land. They refused to obey God. They used the excuses of uh, the enemy. and They used the excuses of it would be too great an obstacle. But friend, uh, let me use that to remind you and I, when God makes a promise, consider it already fulfilled. When God said there's a way, there, there's a way. And they just had to, by faith, obey the instruction that God had given them. But they failed to do that. And in the eyes of God, God labeled them an evil generation. They did not continue to walk in the way that God intended for them to go. Now we come to what I will refer to as this generation. This is the generation that we find in in the book of Deuteronomy. This is the generation that after wandering in the wilderness for some time, God spoke to Moses and said, Moses, it's time to go. It's time for the people to go and possess the land. We see in our Sunday school lessons, and certainly up to this chapter, uh, Moses giving them instruction from God, uh, you're going to have the land. He's going to defeat your enemies. You're going to possess the land and all that has you have to do, some things to do, some things to avoid in order to possess the land, the promise that God has given you. Now it's this generation has the opportunity to go and fulfill the promises that God has given them. This generation is the one that came after the evil generation. Now, this generation is going to have the opportunity to go and fulfill the promises of God. But also, there's a generation, uh, it's called, I call it the, the following generation. It's not the evil generation that is now off of the scene that rejected 
to the promises of God, that refuse to follow the promises of God, it's certainly not this generation who is going to follow and go into the promised land, but it's the generation to come up after them. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the children. It's the generation to follow. Uh, there is a generation that's going to come after this generation. Uh, let me make some practical applications before we get into the message. Uh, the evil generation could have been this generation. The evil generation could have been the generation that entered into the promised land. But they refused to follow God, and that's why God labeled them the evil generation. This generation now has the opportunity given to them, and they are going to take the opportunity. They're going to go into the promised land. They're going to possess the land. It affects the following generation. We're going to find in our text this morning that there's also some lessons for the following generation as well as this generation. Now, let me also just mention before I get into the outline this morning that the failure of a previous generation does not alleviate your opportunity or your responsibility of this generation. Just because you did not have the teaching that somebody else has does not alleviate you the opportunity to fulfill the promises of God in your life. It doesn't take away the opportunity or the responsibility for you to do right so that the following generation can enjoy the benefits and blessings of God. Uh, maybe you did not come from, and we honor mothers today, maybe uh, you, you didn't know your mother, or maybe uh, you would say, I didn't have a, a mother that uh, would be, the, be an example of a mother. And maybe that is true this morning, uh, but that does not alleviate you of your responsibility to the generation that comes behind you. It does not alleviate you of your responsibility of what you do today with your life. We certainly don't want to be the evil generation. We don't want to be the evil generation that says, I'll not follow God. I'll not, by faith, be obedient to Him because we will have the opportunities taken away from us. And now this generation has the opportunity to fulfill the promises of God. And there's a following generation. So no matter where you fall, you say, well, I didn't have. Well, you could start and be this generation. And I'm going to be this generation. And I'm going to make sure that I follow the things of God because there's going to be a, another generation, a following generation that comes behind. Uh, there's some admonitions for the following generation. There's a generation ahead of you uh, who is going to pave the way and make it possible for you to serve the Lord, to, to have the things of God, to reap the benefits of the blessings of God. And so uh, we like to use excuses all the time. Well, I didn't have this, or I didn't have that. Well, here, uh, be this generation, be the first one, be the one to pave the way, and go and fulfill the promises of God, knowing that there will be another generation. Let's look at the lessons I want you to see today. The first one is found in verses 6 and 7. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto the children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Verse 8 and 9 goes on to tell us, And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write upon them the post of the house and on thy gates. The first lesson we see is, for this generation is to teach the Word of God. 
We have a responsibility to teach the Word of God. We see in verse number 7, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. The Word of God must be taught to the generation that comes behind us. Hey, moms, if you still have children at home, let me tell you the greatest thing you can do for your children is to make sure they live in a spiritual house. Make sure they are taught the Word of God. Hey, you did good today. You got your kids in church. They ought to be in a Bible-preaching church. They ought to be in a Bible-believing church. They ought to be in Sunday school classes where they're taught the Word of God. That is the responsibility of a parent is to make sure they are taught the things that they should be taught. But that responsibility is just not on me to teach your children the Word of God. I'll teach them here on Sunday. You bring them back on Sunday night, they'll hear the Bible preached again. You drag them in here on Wednesday night, you'll hear the Word of God preached again. But I'm not going home with you on Monday and Tuesday and all the other days of the week. It's your responsibility to make sure the Word of God is the center of your home. Every parent is going to be given, uh, has that responsibility, and is going to give an account of whether or not the Word of God is the center of the home. And sometimes parents, uh, parents will, uh, will make mistakes. Well, I can't do that. I'm not a perfect parent. Uh, you're missing it. God never expected you to be a perfect parent. He just wants it to be a perfect book uh, elevated in the home so that every member of the family can point to it and look to it. Well, sometimes kids that grow up in a Christian home, they say, my parents aren't perfect. You're missing the point. No parents are perfect. But let's just say, your parents are probably better than you deserve. We could all probably say that. Uh, but there's supposed to be a book in that house that is elevated that we all look to as the standard of perfection. And what we all depend on, and we all try and pattern our lives after, we have that responsibility to teach the Word of God. Maybe you're here today and say, well, I'm not a mother. I don't have children at home. God hasn't given me children or my children are grown. There's somebody in the following generation that you can teach the Word of God to. It might be in a Sunday school class. It might be the, the, the neighbor kid down the street. It might be somebody you have an opportunity. Maybe your grandchildren, you have an opportunity to teach the Word of God to. But I want to ask you, uh, this generation who has the opportunity to fulfill the promises of God, you have a command to teach the Word of God. Notice verse number 7. And thou shalt teach them diligently. How diligent are you in this task? How diligent are you putting the Word of God in front of the following generation and saying, follow this, live this, we're in trouble, we turn to this. I'm afraid the average Christian, the average Christian home, we do this casually or maybe conveniently. When we have an admonition of God to be diligent in our teaching the Word of God, let me help you this morning. Of This is why many times this does not happen. It's found in verse number 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Moses being the voice piece of God, God says, uh, before you teach your kids, you better have it in your heart. And when it's in your heart, it'll be easy for you to teach your kids what I have said. The reason why a lot of kids aren't getting taught the Bible is because mom and dad don't ha have the Bible in their heart. 
Because mom and dad aren't in the Word of God. Mom and dad aren't learning the Word of God. Mom and dad aren't looking to the Word of God. We're looking to society or we're looking to the latest self-help parenting book on how to rear our children instead of going to the Word of God. In a crisis situation, we let our emotions get out ahead of uh, what the Bible says. We're not looking. It's not in our heart. So how are we going to teach it to our children? This is why we have, I can apply this to churches today. This is why there's a generation of, of, of young people who they go to quote-unquote churches, but they don't know any more Bible after growing up in that church than, when they, than if they had never gone because the Word of God is not being preached. The Word of God is not being lived. The Word of God is not being taught and reinforced. There's an admonition for generations to put the Word of God in the center of the home, the Word of God in the center of focus. Oh, I know I'm going to meddle now. I guess if we did that, we couldn't have our family reunions on Sunday, could we? Because if we're going to have our family reunion, I guess we'll have it in church. Oh, I've, I've, already, I've already messed up then, haven't I? That shall teach them diligently. I'll set an example. Generation, this generation. Hey, you're going to go possess it. It's time to go in. God's going to grant his, his promise is going to be fulfilled. Go in. But when you go in, remember this. There's a generation that's coming behind you. And you have heard through my servant Moses what I have said. It's up to you to teach your children what I have said. It's up to you to instruct them what the laws and the statutes of God are. It's our responsibility. May we heed our responsibility. Teach the Word of God to somebody else. But in order to do so, you've got to first live it. You've got to first live it. Grandma likes for the grandkids to go to church, but how's grandma's church attendance? Uh, we have to teach the Word. I'll move on. I wish I could tell you it's going to get better. It's not. But after we teach the Word of God, we see that we're to be diligent in teaching the Word of God. We come to verse number 10. I find the next couple of verses to be very, very uh, interesting and enlightening. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities. Hey, let me just remind all of us, when we follow God, it's good. When we follow God, He blesses. When we follow God, He gives us better than we deserve, uh, more than we even thought He would give us. And Moses is beginning to lay it out. Hey, you're going to go into this land. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with everything that is in you. And you teach that next generation. You teach your children the things of God. And, when, and it shall be when the Lord, verse 10, that God shall have brought thee into the land which He sware unto thy fathers. You're going to get a land... That he promised your fathers. You're going to reap the benefit of a promise he didn't make to you. But he made to those that came before you. And he's allowing you to fulfill that promise. Think about the context here. To Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities. Watch the Bible. Which thou buildest not. And houses full of all good things which thou fillest not. And wells dig, which, wells dig which thou diggest not. Vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. When thou have, shall have eaten and be full. 
There's an admonition here for this generation, this generation and the following generation to appreciate the wealth, to appreciate the blessings that God has given said, you're going to go into a land that God promised. Your father's Abraham. He, you're, going to, you're going to live in goodly cities that you didn't build. You're going to drink from wells you didn't dig. You're going to, you're going to reap from the blessings. Your houses are going to be full and you didn't fill them. You're going to pluck fruit off of trees that you did not plant. The blessings are waiting. All you have to do is go and enjoy it. But he said, you need to appreciate it. You need to understand that that, that that is there for you to enjoy, and you didn't have to put the work into it. You didn't have to put the effort into it. You didn't have to do all that was necessary and wait for it to come about. And friend, isn't that so true in our own Christian life? We reap the benefits of generations that have gone before us who have paved the way. We as Americans, we enjoy freedom in our nation because there are generations before us that were willing to pay a price so that we can have freedom. Hey, we have a generation today that that, that chance that they have freedom and we want our freedom to do whatever we want to do. And they enjoy freedom that somebody else paid for. Oh, we have to be very, very careful. Enjoy it. Freedom can be lost in one generation. But spiritually speaking, well, if you have a great spiritual heritage... You can't take away from what is done, but you cannot appreciate what you have. So many times Christians take for granted the church that they walk into that somebody paid a great price for. You have a generation that fulfills and they reap the blessings of a church and a spiritual heritage that God just ushered them in at a specific time and the price has been paid by previous generations. The the work has been done. So many times we come and we enjoy the blessings of God not realizing the, the hours and the labor of prayer that has been invested and the work that goes on has gone on for years and we come in as this generation, the following generation, and we say, oh, look how good God is and oh, the blessings of God and it's wonderful to know uh, that, that God is on His throne and all of those things are true and all of those things are good but we get a sense of entitlement because we don't appreciate The promises that have been made that we get to see fulfilled. We didn't have to do anything but just show up. I appreciate what you have. Let let, let me me say to every member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, no matter what generation you fall in, but especially that younger generation, uh, those young couples and, and on down, and of course this applies to everybody, you ought to appreciate the church that you have. There's not an Emmanuel Baptist Church on every street corner. There's not an Emmanuel Baptist Church every town you go into. Hey, you ought to appreciate what you have. You ought to appreciate the fact that you get to go with, 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 with the church with people while they are imperfect. They, they are seeking to do the will of God. You ought to be thankful that you have a pastor and others that will pray for you and will stand in, in the hedge for you. It's not like that everywhere. Hey, you ought to rejoice in the music you have and the choir you hear singing. You, you ought to rejoice the fact that you get to be a part of that. And no, I get to walk in, and, and, and for, for decades, the foundation has been laid that we get to benefit from. Uh, don't take it for granted. 
There's a lot of churches that used to thrive like the Emmanuel Baptist Church thrives in the day they're a graveyard. So how did that happen? Because they didn't appreciate what they had. Boy, I, 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 this, this, this has been passed down to me. I get to take spiritual fruit off of a tree that somebody else planted. I get to drink spiritual water out of a well I didn't dig. I get to enjoy the blessings of God. And uh, Moses, on behalf of God, is warning them, you need to instruct your, your children, you need to teach your children the Word of God, but you're going to go into some goodly cities and you better understand something. Look at the end of verse uh, number, number 11. When thou shalt have eaten and be full, and you're going to enjoy what God has done. You're going to enjoy the benefits of God. You're going to drink out of that well all that you can possibly drink. You remember their journey through the wilderness and how God provided water here and, and said, where are we going to drink from? There's wells dug that you're just going to drink from. There's trees that you're going to pull fruit off of. The blessings are there and you're going to get full. That leads me to the third lesson. And that lesson is this. You need to heed the warning found in verse number 12. Then beware. Follow the progression of Scripture. Teach your children the Word of God. It's your responsibility to make sure that my words are the center and the focus of the home. Then he says, you're going to enjoy some things that you didn't have anything to do with. It's the fulfillment of my goodness. But let me give you a warning in verse number 12. Then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. So now teach the word, enjoy the blessings, experience the wealth of a great God. But when your belly's full, you better not forget where you came from. When, you're, when you've got more fruit on those trees than you'll ever eat, you better remember that I brought you from the bondage of Egypt. And there's too many Christians today, from this preacher's perspective, all they're focused on is plucking the spiritual fruit. All they're focused on is drinking the, from the wells that they did not dig. And we get so self-involved and enjoy the blessings of God that we forget where we came from. We forget we were brought out of Egypt. We forget we were saved out of this world. We forget that the blessings that we, are benefit, we benefit from come from an almighty God. And without Him, we wouldn't have it. Without Him, we would be lost and undone. Without Him, we wouldn't have a hope of tomorrow. And friend, this morning, there's a lesson for all generations. Everything we benefit from is from a good God that allows us to just take from the, the fruit of what He promised other people. And He said that He would take care of us. And He said He would provide for us. But He says, beware lest you forget. Hey, the, 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 the marriage you enjoy, without God, you wouldn't have it. All those children... I'll use the ones in the nursery because they get out of the nursery. We don't like them anymore, but... Those, oh, those precious little children, they are a gift from God. Those are my kids. No, they're your responsibility, but they belong to the Lord. 
Oh, we, we, we love it and we enjoy it. And, and oh, look how good God has been. <clears throat> but here's that spiritual lesson that we see here for generations. You better be very, very careful not to forget. Not to forget where I brought you from. Because if we forget this lesson, it's going to take us to a place we'll see in a moment that uh, we don't want to go. But notice in verse number 13. He says in verse 12, don't forget the Lord. Because in verse 13, thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. Now some of you, let me just help you. Uh, swear by his name is not the way you talk about his name. That's not what that, that's not what that means. It means to respect, serve, and commit. He's saying, thou shalt fear the Lord thy God. You're going to fulfill this land, and you're going to, you're going to reap from things that you had nothing to do with. And isn't that a good God? You're not going to have to build a house because I'm going to take it from the enemy and let you live in it. You're not going to have to dig a well because somebody else has already dug it. That's how good of a God I am. But he says, you better remember, he says, thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him. You better respect, you better keep in mind who it is that's making it all happen. And just as quick as he gave it to you, he can take it away from you. He says, and serve him. Hey, Christian, let me just admonish us this morning. Let me help us this morning. God's not blessing you so you can grow spiritually fat. God's not blessing you so you can talk about how good you got it. God's saying, I've blessed you. You better remember to serve me. You better remember to honor me. You better remember to serve me as I've commanded to, you to serve me. And then he says, I shall swear by his name. What that's saying is when you get into this new land, you take an oath that I'm your God. You take an oath, I serve Jehovah God. You know it would be good? Just like new citizens come in and they take that oath, swearing their allegiance to the United States of America. And those that join the military, they take an oath to the Constitution of the United States of America to serve our country. I wonder if it wouldn't be a good idea for Christians to start taking an oath. I'm going to serve the true God. I'm going to take an oath that I belong to Him. I'm going to take an oath that I'll do whatever is necessary and keep my allegiance to God. Because I'm just going to be honest with you this morning, sometimes it's hard to tell where the allegiance is. Hey, we're, we're plucking the fruit off of trees that we didn't plant, but that's just because we have a good God. We're drinking from wells that we did not dig. We're, we're enjoying the benefits because of what other generations, and we'll say, oh, it says in God we trust, and, and un, un, one nation under God, and, and we live in America. This is, a, this is a nation that's always acknowledged God, but how much of it have we really invested? How much of, it, of the price have we paid? We're reaping the benefits of spiritual fruit from generations. He says, don't forget where it comes from. He says, you better remember where it comes from. Serve me and make an oath. Swear by my name. That's the God I serve. That's the God I follow. That's the God of my allegiance. 
Because there's a progression. We must heed the warning. And I would say to the second and third generation Christians, some of you, you're here, your parents have been, are, are Christians, you're here as a family, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I'll tell you what would turn our nation back. I'll tell you what would help with the crime in Jacksonville, Florida, is if the family unit, first of all, was together, but then if everybody went to church on Sunday morning as a family. Dad would get up after not staying out all, all night long, get up, get his family, be at home, fulfill his responsibilities, say, but we're going to church. That would, that would help. Put the Word of God as the center. It, that'll, that'll, that'll replace every program that you got to have. It's just teaching the Word of God. But we are reaping the benefits. And when we forget that's been the provident hand of God that has blessed our nation and blessed our homes and given us what we have, it leads to when we don't heed that warning, I would say that everybody that you've benefited growing up in a Christian home, you come with your family to church today. You need to heed the warning to remember. It's not your awesome parenting skills. It's the grace of God. Oh, my parents there. Hey, hey, there's a lot of people who would trade to have your parents. So my mom's a nag. I have nothing to add to that, but no. Uh, a lot of people wish they had somebody cared enough about them. Right. Leads me to number four, the fourth generational lesson I want us to see. We are admonished to beware lest we forget. Fear the Lord thy God, serve him, shall swear by his name. Verse 14, you shall not go after the other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off of the face of the earth. The fourth generational lesson we're going to see this morning is don't go the other way. Don't go the other way. Your parents didn't sacrifice, put you in a Christian school. Keep the word of God elevated in your home. Make sure you're in church so you could go and serve the gods of this world. We have a warning. It says, ye shall not go after. Just as this generation, remember the generations we talked about at the beginning? Just as this generation had to decide when Moses said, it's time to go, they went after the promise of God. They said, let's go get it. Let's go fulfill it. Let's go follow and, and they wanted to be wise in teaching that next generation the Word of God, what God has said, the blessings of God, the benefits of God, how God is a good God and follow Him. And as long as you follow Him, everything's going to be okay. You turn from Him, and that's when He'll withdraw His blessing and even judge. But you follow Him and be careful to follow. And oh, look how we get to reap the benefits of a good God. And we get to reap the benefits of a gracious God. He said, you better beware because when your belly gets full of the blessings that I have granted you, you have a tendency to forget you were once in Egypt and I brought you out of bondage. You were in bondage and it's God that brought you out and it's God that gave you all these things. But you have a tendency to forget and just as you had to turn to go after my promises, you'll have to turn to go after the gods of this world. See, if you take an oath, that's my God, everybody kind of knows where you're lined up. 
But when, when it's hard to determine, if you're more loyal to the God who gave you life, who granted you salvation, who put you in the home that He put you in, if we have to even question if that's the God you're loyal to or the God of this world, there's a problem. Because you have had to change the direction that you have been brought and that you have been led to to go a different way. He says, you better, hey, generation, these generations, you better listen to this generation. Go get the promises of God. I've already, I've already given you the victory. I'm a good God. I'm a gracious God. Now, in the process of this, you keep the Word of God where it ought to be. You teach the Word of God to your children. And when they go home with you every day, it ought to be there. Write it on the post of your house. But they ought to think about the Word of God. They ought to know the Word of God. What are we going to do? Well, what does the Bible say that we're supposed to do? Then there's no discussion of the day we live in and how are we going to do it. We have a God who made our way into wilderness. We have a God who brought us out of Egypt. He can solve this problem. We we serve Jehovah God. And look at the benefits we get to enjoy. We get to pick fruit off of trees we never planted. We get to drink out of a well. We didn't even have to dig. We live in a house with things that he put there. We, didn't even, we live in goodly cities that we didn't even have to build. He gave them to us. But you better beware. Because there's a tendency to forget who gave it to you. And then it comes down to... Thou, ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. Everyone who's part of that next generation, following this generation, who's reaping the benefits of following God by obedience, by faith, we're going to follow God. You have a responsibility to heed to the teaching that's been taught. And don't you fall in love with the God's of this world. See, this generation remembers wandering in the wilderness. That next generation, all they can keep their eyes on, oh wow, I have all these blessings, I have all these benefits. It must be about it must be because of me. No, it's because of God. And he is a jealous God. And what is he, what is he saying there? Let me paraphrase for you. Those trees you've been plucking that fruit off of, but you haven't even had to think about asking me for a meal because I've already planted the trees. Those wells that you draw water from, you didn't have to dig. You didn't have to pick up a shovel. You had to put any energy in the lake. This is what I've given you. Those trees can wither up and die like that. Those wells can be filled up. Just like that. You better not go the way of the gods, other gods because God is a jealous God. Remember the oath? He's my God. You know, we have an admonition to not go after the gods of this world. We have a responsibility to stay true God is a jealous God. He's a good God, but He's a jealous God. What does He want from us? If, what does He want from this generation? What does He want from the following generation? He wants you to fulfill. He wants you to obey. He wants you just to follow Him. 
And many of us today could give testimony to the fact that as long as I've kept the Bible, the sinner in my home, God is blessed. God is honored. You may, say, you may be here today and say, well, I haven't always done that, but, 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 but it's worked out pretty good for me. Can you imagine how good it would have been for you? And that's just another example of God's mercy and God's goodness. Doesn't mean it's always going to be there. Oh, and the generation following. It's a sad thing, and you see it play out on the pages of Scripture, but you're watching it play out in our nation today. You're watching it play out in our churches today. All you, they've ever known is the freedom of this great country. They don't understand where it came from. It would be very enlightening for them to actually pick up a history book that, that explains the, the blood that was shed and the sacrifice that was made. And there was no, there was no uh, a dream of, of, of wealth. It was just freedom and liberty and, and, and being able to uh, not be interfered with, with other men. And just for them to get an education of the liberty that they... But if there's ever a time, and we've been close, if there's ever, ever a time when a generation forgets where their freedom came from, let's take under God off of our, off of our slogan because it's offensive. It's God who's granted the freedom. It's God who's granted the liberty. Same thing is true in our churches. You have a generation that rises up. And in spite of what the God-deniers will tell you, the compromisers will tell you, it's not the style of church, it's not the Bible being preached that runs off a generation. It's either the rebellion of a generation, or it's a generation that all they've ever done is pluck the fruit that they've had and known their whole life. I've always had this. I've always had these blessings. Now what you've done is you've lived under the blessings of the generation ahead of you. You've never had your own blessings. And oh, look at those other gods out there. Oh, look at what they're doing out there. Oh, look at that. I'm going to turn and go after those other gods. Well, they soon discover... God's a jealous God. God's only, and I'll close with this. Don't forget this, Christian. God will only let you pull fruit off of his tree while you're pursuing another God for so long. He's a gracious God. He'll let you do it for a little while. But when you turn to go after, that's when the jealous God goes in and says, you've forgotten where I've brought you from. You have forgotten who is Jehovah God. You've forgotten who you were to, to make an oath that I was going to be your God. And now you're going to go, you want to eat off of my trees? You want to drink out of my wells? You want to reap the benefits of my blessings and worship and pursue the other gods of this world? God will only let it happen for so long. But the time's going to come. You're going to go to pluck fruit off a tree and he's going to say, not my tree. You're serving the gods out there. Let them feed you. Let them provide for you. Hey, there's lessons for every generation. Let's not be the evil generation because there's others coming behind us. Let's be this generation that fulfills the promises of God, but is, is faithful to teach the next generation. And if we would be in a following generation that follows and we reap the benefits, all of us are reaping the benefits from previous generations. Let's not take it for granted. 
let's not forget from whence it came. We have a good God. We have a gracious God. And while this morning the message, there's a lot of admonition in the message this morning that we ought to heed to. Don't lose sight of the fact that as long as His words are in their proper place in our life and our home, we can pluck that spiritual fruit. Dig from those wells that somebody else did not dig, or somebody else dug, and we didn't have to dig. We can reap the blessings of a good God. Father, I pray that you'll take.